episode 27 of the CamCast. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening and for joining me for the other 26 episodes that I've had so far. And I know that I said that I wasn't going to have any sports talk for a while. Um, I definitely, I definitely lied. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot to talk about. And I've been trying to gather the information this week, which is why I'm a little late on getting a video out to you guys this week. Um, the NBA season is right around the corner and I have all the, the, you know, all the, all the info that you guys need for the 2020, 2021 season. I have all the rumors. I have some of the free agents that are going to be available, some of the trades that might be going on. I have, and then at the end of the podcast, I'll be talking about, uh, uh, the Lakers perspective, you know, me being a, a big Lakers fan here in Southern California, I'll give you what I think should happen. Uh, the Lakers, you know, their free agents that they have on the team. Um, maybe some of the trades that they'll be able to make, and so I'll do that later on. But I want to get a, an overall an, an overall uh, understanding for you guys as to what's going on this NBA season because I feel like a lot you know a lot of people don't really know what's going on. So I think it's kind of important that we get those uh, get those facts straight and everything. Um, as I said before, this is episode twenty seven, and I want to thank everybody that's been listening. Uh, if you guys can continue to follow, continue to share, continue to like, subscribe the podcast and like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, that'd be great. And please, if you can, just just share. Share it. If you like what I'm talking here, talking about here, if you like what I'm talking about, some of my movie talks, some of my ongoing Marvel talks, and then, you know, I got a couple of things planned with a couple more of my friends in the coming maybe couple months. Um, it's just hard to uh, get all that kind of situated all at once. So I'm little by little, we're, we're getting there, guys. We're definitely getting there. And, of course, the home base, as always, is CamCast on uh, the Instagram. That's cam.cast. K-A-M dot K-A-S-T. That's where I'm going to be having, a, actually recently, the last couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of, you know, sports memes, TV show memes. Basically, like, whatever topic I'm planning on talking about that week, you're going to be getting some different type of memes just because, I don't know, I just, I think memes are funny, so it's kind of fun to get involved in that different uh, arena right there. Um, also, I, I'm going to do polls. I do, got all, uh, got all kinds of stuff on the Instagram, so if you guys want to go ahead and give that a follow. But as far as today's episode, guys, um, I'm going to give you everything you need to know on what's going on with the restart. So it's really interesting. Like, it's just so we're clear, this is going to be the shortest uh, offseason in, in sports history, not just NBA history, sports history. Uh, before that, I think ESPN showed a graphic last week. The previous shortest uh, offseason was actually in the NHL during one of the lockout seasons. Or no, one of the Olympic seasons because the Winter Olympics typically go in the winter, so they they usually start a little bit earlier. Um, that way, they can take some time off for the Olympics and they go back onto the the regular uh, season. So this off season is going to be seventy one days. Uh, it's seventy one days, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's crazy how quick they're turning this one around. But I actually on NBA.com, I'm getting things straight from the source, so that way you guys have a better understanding. I'll have the graphic uh, one side of my head. The way you guys can read along as I'm telling you, and I can give you my thoughts as we go along. So the first thing is, when does the, the season begin? The season begins uh, December 22nd, and that's for everyone. So December 22nd, there was a there was a period of time where they weren't really sure when the NBA season was going to start. I know people like uh, LeBron James and some of the other members on the Lakers wanted some time off because I mean they did just play in the NBA Finals in October. You know, it was relatively not that long ago. If it, as a Lakers fan, it seems like yesterday. And here we are, we're already ramping back up with training camp set to open December 1st. I mean, we're already here. I mean, next week is the draft and free agency all at once. You know, today's uh, uh, November 13th, you know, Friday the 13th. 
things are coming quick. So, yeah, games are starting the 22nd, and a lot of that is because the NBA wanted to make sure that they had games for Christmas because that Christmas revenue and that Christmas money is huge. And given that the NBA probably lost a lot of money during the uh, you know the pandemic, just like I mean everybody, I don't really feel bad for them. everyone's lost money. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough year, but in lieu of not being able to have fans in these buildings, the NBA wanted to make sure that they that that they that the players knew that they needed them to come back by December because of all that ad revenue and all that money. And I think the players understood that because at the end of the day, the the players in the NBA have an agreement where it's 50-50% profit sharing. So what that means is the more money that the NBA makes, the the bigger the cap room is for each team, meaning the more that these players can get played per year, which is why the last, you know, three, four years, you've seen these giant albatross contracts like the Steph Curry deal, the Russell Westbrook deal, the John Wall deal, the Damian Lillard deal, where all those guys are making $40 million a year which has never really happened before. So it's just like, it's one of those things where maybe the players didn't want to come back so soon. Um, There are definitely a lot of players that did because some teams haven't even played since March, you know, since COVID hit. But I I think the NBA did a good enough job with Michelle Roberts, the president of the uh, NBA Players uh, Association, that they, they had to come together and do this because... At the end of the day, it's about money. I mean, you can say whatever you want if you're if you're some of these guys that don't want to play, but if they're missing out on a couple million dollars, to them it's a big deal. So, at the end of the day, they knew this was the right thing. Uh, so, how many games will each team play in the, in this season? Uh, each team's going to play seventy two games, so it's basically going to be like a full full on season, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, I've heard and I've read that the plan is to play baseball style, uh, MLB style games where you might play the same team three times in a row in the same location, which reduces travel, which reduces the risk of catching COVID for these players and teams. And uh, it'll be kind of interesting because, you know, basketball is, it's a little bit different. It's not a little bit different. It's a lot different than baseball where baseball, anybody can win on any given night, but basketball, if you're playing the same team three times in a row, um, you'll be able to plan against them a lot better. And maybe teams records like will be a lot better. Like, a good example of that is the Rockets. It, well, the Houston Rockets as they were last season. I'll get into the Rockets later on in the pod, but um, it's important to 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 know that the Rockets are probably one of the most annoying teams in the NBA to play. Think about it this way: you have to play your regular style all the time, and then all of a sudden you show up against a Houston Rockets team that plays a completely different style than what you're used to, and you have to. And you you can't necessarily play to their style because that's not something you're geared for. I mean, look what the Lakers did in the playoffs this postseason. They were able to adjust their their playing style within the first couple of games, and they were able to just completely destroy the Rockets in five games. That type of thing doesn't happen in a regular 82-game season where you're moving all over the place. But if you're playing the same team three times in a row, you're going to be able to game plan a lot better, and your team's going to be able to adjust to those different type of matchups because you have that time to study it and to implement it in practice for those three games. So I feel like teams that are really well coached are going to really benefit from this type of schedule. You know, teams like the Warriors, teams like the Lakers, you know, teams like uh, Denver Nuggets, teams just like that, that are able to adjust their playing style based off of having so many different players that are very, um, they're, I don't, I don't want to say ambidextrous, but they can do a lot of different things out on the court that allows, you know, a team to play many different styles, just like how the Lakers did this past season, which is why they won the chips. So, I mean, it's just like one of those things. Uh, next thing is when will free agency open? So I'm going to read straight. I, I, by the way, all this is straight from NBA.com. I'm reading straight from my other screen here. 
Uh, negotiations with free agents will be allowed to begin at 6 p.m. Eastern on November 20th, with signings permitted starting at 12.01 on November 22nd. So basically, on November 20, uh, 20th, you can start agreeing to, to contracts. That moratorium period, which is normally a week long during a regular free agency period, you know, normally when free agency begins July 1st, you have to wait until July 7th or 8th to be able to sign those guys, like officially sign them. But during this period, it's just going to be a moratorium of two days, which is a lot different than what we're used to seeing. So it's going to be pretty interesting how that goes. I mean, you're going to, it's such a compressed schedule that you're going to know a lot of where these guys are signing the first day, which is kind of unprecedented. I mean, last, was it last year? We were waiting on uh, on Kawhi Leonard to make his decision for, what, two, three weeks? And that kind of held up the rest of free agency. So it's going to be kind of fun, like, as a fan to to see it all condensed and it's to, uh, excuse me, condensed. So it's kind of, it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, and what's interesting about, you know, free agency this year, it's just two days after the NBA draft. So the draft happens the 18th, which is next week. Uh, I believe it's uh, Wednesday. And then two days later, free agency starts. So it's like, okay, you'll know pretty soon who you get in that, on that draft. And then you'll be able to assess the rest of your team in two days and start signing or, or not signing, but start uh, negotiating with free agents to try to lure them over to your team. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Like it's we're it's so condensed right now, and everything is so crazy with how the NBA is going to be doing this. Um, but as a fan, you know, it's it's kind of exciting because it's just not something that we're we've ever seen, and hopefully, it's not something we're ever going to have to see again. I mean, in all seriousness, it's. It's just, it's just a lot. I mean, it's, it's a sports overload. It, it really is. Um, next thing is, how is the salary cap affected for the 2020-2021 season? Uh, I'm going to read this straight from it. The salary cap and tax level will remain unchanged. The cap was $109.14 million this past season, with the tax level at $132,627,000. In subsequent seasons of the CBA, the salary cap and tax level will increase by a minimum of 3% and a maximum of 10% over the prior seasons. I don't know what that means. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea what that means. Um, but what I'm trying to deduce from it is that this year the cap is actually it's it's up. Uh, with the kind of tax level, it looks like the cap is up this year with a with a tax level above its normal. I don't know. It looks it looks kind of normal to be honest with me. To be honest with you, it looks it looks completely normal. So I don't really know. I can't really make an assumption off of that. But as far as I know, I know the cap took a big jump two seasons ago. Where no four seasons ago, which is why the Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant as a free agent. But it looks like the cap is kind of unchanged at this point, which is good for for most teams. Uh, the next question is, or next commonly asked question that the NBA is providing answers to is, how will the season affect basketball-related income, BRI? So I'm going to read this. A new system will be used to ensure parties agreed upon split of basketball-related income. In, in the event, compensation were to exceed the player's designated share in any season, necessary salary reductions beyond the standard 10% escrow would be spread across that season and potentially the following two seasons, subject to a maximum salary reduction in any season of 20%. So minor standing of escrow is during every single NBA season, a player's 10% of a player's salary are put into an escrow account. So let's say uh, player A makes uh, $10 million. Okay, He makes $10 million in a season. One million of that dollar of the of that money is automatically put into an escrow account, and what that does is, in case the NBA were to fold at any time, a million of those do- that million dollars that's in that escrow account goes directly to the owners' pockets, in the event that the owners can't put on a show and you know it's uh, 
and you have, and let me rephrase if if something were to happen in basketball terms and they can't have a season that that one that 10% of of that player's salary automatically goes back to the owner in in case something like you know covid were to happen or like something you know maybe even worse where they have to be able to to cover their bottom line basically it's a fail safe for the owners like they want to be able to pay all their salaries and stuff like that so I understand that, but what this is saying is there's a chance that maybe that 10% can go up to 20%, and my guess is it will. Um, I haven't read the most updated version of this, but I think that it will. This is that's uh, that's really interesting. Is uh, will the fans be in attendance for any of the games? Um, as far as the NBA's answer for that, it says details on team by team game schedules and fan attendance for the 2020-2021 season will be released at future dates. Uh, just this week, the Lakers and the Clippers both announced that they will not be having fans in the stadium until further notice. Um, but also this week, which is, I think this is really interesting, the Golden State Warriors are, it was announced that the Golden State Warriors are preparing a document which labels a step-by-step procedure as to how they plan to get 50% of, of fans into the stands through a, a testing protocol. Um, I don't know that if that's going to work. I don't know if they realize that they are in San Francisco, California, which is you know one of the most strict places in the entire country in terms of their how they're dealing with the coronavirus. Um, I know why they want to do it. Basically, you know, the Golden State Warriors have the Chase Center, this brand new arena, state of the art arena, in San Francisco, California, um, and it opened just last season. And basically, it's been closed for you know seventy five percent of its life so far. They anticipated that building being a big venue for concerts and all kinds of things, different events, you know. And also, the Warriors were bad last season, so they weren't really selling tickets. So I know from a financial standpoint, they need to get that stadium up and running because they uh, they basically what what my understanding is that they. They anticipated that this the stadium would be able to bring in so much money with all their with you know how great it is all these personal seat licenses that they solicited in the stadium that it would be able to offset a lot of their uh, their salary cap expenditures in terms of their taxes. So what their plan was is that whatever money extra money they make on top with their stadium in terms of their ticket sales their their uh, you know everything that goes on it with concerts all of that they were dip they would dip into their cap space. And you know, sign guys over the luxury cab, and then use that extra money to go ahead and fund their their rosters. So what's happening is they're they're not making nearly as much money, you know, with the with the stadiums being closed and no no fans being allowed in. So they're I know for a fact they're going to try to do whatever they can to try to to bring to bring people into the stadium. Um, as a Lakers fan, I hope that they don't because I don't want them to have any type of advantage in terms of being able to sign more people. Uh, their run is done. They're just not, they're not, I don't really, I'm not really afraid of them anymore. The reason why they were so scary a couple seasons ago is because they had Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant was, you know, Kevin Durant's one of the best players we've ever seen in the face in the, in the history of the NBA. I mean, Steph Curry's great too, and he's a great player, but Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. And, you know, 2000, was it 2018 when they won their last title together? It was amazing. And it was, that was a great, uh, great team, but I don't want the, I don't, I just I think what annoys me is all these these fake Warriors fans that have no idea who the I believe Warriors were or stuff like that like all these people that kind of came up and they're just like oh you know the Warriors are the best team ever it's like okay keep that same energy when the Lakers win a couple more in the next decade I mean I'm just being completely honest with you when we get 
and we get that uh, that next superstar to pair with Anthony Davis once LeBron James is gone, because it's going to happen. And I mean, it's just what the Lakers do. We get two superstars and we roll out. I mean, the history of the of the, of the Lakers shows you that you know it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Um, overall, uh, in terms of the season, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not. I wasn't super enthused about uh, about the season coming up. I felt like there was a lot of sports fatigue this fall with baseball and football and the NBA all going simultaneously, you know, and the the NBA finals and the World Series ending within two weeks of each other here in uh, in this country and in you know in LA it's 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 been a frenzy, you know, with the Dodgers and Lakers winning. Um I think part of me wanted them to start the season maybe at the middle of in the middle of January or the end of January so I can kind of savor this moment a little bit more, you know, savor being the the, the champion the champions of the league. Uh, you know, we waited 10 years for this and I feel like we, it might get shortchanged a little bit because of the, the off season is so short. Um, I hope not. I mean, but I mean, I fully expect for us to run it back next year. So I'm not like overly, you know, upset um, or overly, overly pessimistic. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for the season. I'm more excited for next week, to be honest with you. I'm kind of a nerd that way. I love the NBA draft. I love free agency and having them all in the same week within like five days of each other, you know, from, from the beginning of the draft to the end of free agency, I believe, which is uh, the 22nd. It's just a lot of stuff happening. It's a lot of things I get to read about a lot of things I get to cover a lot of things like, you know, I, I plan on giving you guys an NBA draft uh, podcast, uh, potentially if that's something you guys would be into uh, next week. Because for those of you that don't know, I love college basketball, and I watched a lot of college basketball every single year, and I was really upset when March Madness was canceled. I mean, deservedly so, I mean, with everything going on. But in terms of uh, prospect watch and stuff like that, I'm probably one of the best guys you'll listen to in terms of the NBA draft. Um, I just, I, I geek out about basketball. I love basketball, played basketball, love it. You know, especially co- college basketball, I think, is a little bit more pure than the NBA is. Um, those guys really play as a team and they play as a unit and they really respect their coach. There's really, there are the prima donnas in college basketball are far and few, uh, few and far in between, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, I'm excited for the season. Um, I just hope that we realize what, that these players are, some of them are, they're not getting much of an off season, but they had like four months off during the, the outbreak. So I don't feel horribly bad. I know LeBron said that he's probably going to be sitting out for most uh, for the beginning. He definitely won't go to training camp. I don't blame him. He basically put the entire team on his back and won us a championship, so I can't be too frustrated with him. Um, it is a 72-game uh, season. It'll be really compressed because their plan is to get the season done before the Olympics, and the reason for that is also money. So all these sponsors, they allocate a certain amount of funds to the NBA Finals, and then they allocate a, cert- a different amount of funds for the Olympics. Granted that the Olympics are still going to be happening next summer in July in Japan, those funds will not be able to be distributed amongst two different things if they're happening at the same time. So that was really the NBA's case for we need to start the season in December and not in January, so that way we don't conflict with the Olympics and we lose out on more of that that uh, that ad revenue. Because it is really important, especially in a time like this. Um, so I understand it and I respect it, um, but you know that is what it is. All right, now I get to go to the fun part of the pod where I get to talk about a lot of the rumors that are going on in the NBA right now, which is like always one of my favorite parts. Um, I always go on hoopsrumors.com, which is where I get a lot of my news. Um, For this one, I went to a lot of different sources. I'm on Bleacher Report. I'm on Hoops Rumors. I'm on NBA Rumors because I just wanted to make sure that I got all the latest stuff for you guys. 
because there's a lot going on. You know, with with the condensed season and everybody trying to figure out what they're going to do um, as far as the free agency and the draft all in one all at one time, all in one week. There's a lot of things that are starting to come out, and over the last you know week, definitely the last couple of days, we've gotten a lot of news from the Houston Rockets, which I think is really fun. If you know me and you've listened to the podcast, you know that I can't stand the Houston Rockets. Um, mostly it's because of James Harden. I can't stand the way he plays. I can't stand how he plays in the court, how he always gets all the foul calls, how he throws his beard up into the air and he gets these foul calls. Um, that was compounded. You know, my hate for the Houston Rockets was compounded this offseason or this previous season when they added uh, Russell Westbrook to the team because I can't stand Westbrook either. All he wants to do is yell at people and, you know, beat his chest and think that he's, you know, the man. Both these guys don't care about winning. You know, both of them have won MVPs, but neither one of them care about winning. Um, they they care about their stats. They're As far as I've seen it, everything that I've seen, they're not good teammates. Why do you think Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City? He couldn't stand playing with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is not a good team. Wethel Westbrook. I always get <laughs> I always get his name mixed up. Mixed up. I always switch the R and the W, so I go Russell Westbrook, and I just get all mixed up. Anyways, Russell Westbrook. I just can't stand him. So over the last couple of days, we learned a lot, okay? We learned that when the Houston Rockets and the owner Tillman Fertitta Forti- Tillman got rid of both Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni, James Harden and Russell Westbrook had one coach in mind. They wanted Tyron Lue to be their coach, and Tyron Lue wasn't hired. The Clippers were able to retain Tyron Lue, sign him to a five-year deal, and he wasn't the coach. So after that, Russ and, and James Harden basically have gone MIA from the ownership of the Rockets. They haven't, as far as I've heard, they haven't been able to reach either one of those guys. Those guys aren't answering their calls. They're not calling them back. They're not texting them. They're not responding. And then it comes out this week that Russell Westbrook wants out. He's not happy with things, how things are going. He wants out. And then Stephen A. Smith said on uh, first take yesterday morning that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are just tired of each other. They're tired of playing with each other. And I love it. I love every bit of this. Um, I can't wait for the Houston Rockets to completely implode. It's going to happen. I think that both of these guys are going to get traded this offseason, and Houston Rockets are going to be in a, in a new, in a, in a rebuild. If we're lucky, both James Harden and Russell Westbrook get traded to the Eastern Conference. There are actually some suitors for Russell, uh, for Russell Westbrook right now. A dark horse suitor is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Russell Westbrook, he's actually sponsored by Jordan Brand, and obviously Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets, so there's some, you know, there's some some like-mindedness there. I could see that happening in a weird way because he'd just be the guy. Uh, the Knicks are actually trying to trade for Russell Westbrook, as far as I know, which, I mean, they're still going to be bad. They're the Knicks, but it they they're so bad they need some type of box office draw whenever fans are able to get back into the stadium. And I think that, you know, New York would love Russell Westbrook because he is high flying and because he does like those bright lights. They're not going to win. You know, they'll probably make the playoffs. I could see Russell Westbrook taking a, a New York Knicks team to the playoffs, but they're not going to win. I, I do think it would be fun seeing uh, Russell Westbrook go up against the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant four times a year, though. I'm definitely looking forward to that because it's pretty clear those guys are not on good terms still after all these years, you know, since Kevin Durant spurned him and went from uh, Oklahoma city to golden state. So I definitely, I would love to watch that. Um, speaking of the Brooklyn nets, it came out also this week that James Harden, uh, has some potential interest in, you know, joining Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant up in Brooklyn. (laughs) I could, I read that and I couldn't believe it was real. Um, 
there's no way in hell that's going to work. Does James Harden not realize, you know, or remember his his past? He was on a team with Chris Paul, another ball dominant guard. They got they butted heads. They didn't get along. This past season, he was on a team with, you know, they said that they were best friends. Russell Westbrook didn't get along. They needed the ball. James Harden requires the ball in eighty to ninety percent of the time on that team. He just he. Like I said earlier, he's not a team player, and that rang true in a lot of the Houston Rockets sentiments. P.J. Tucker was unhappy with his role. He wants a pay bump, and he deservedly, he he deserves one. I mean, he's six foot five. He's my height, and he was going up against Anthony Davis, Javale McGee, and Dwight Howard in the post, playing as hard as he possibly could. By the way, I became a huge P.J. Tucker fan after the finals. Um, he earned a lot of respect in my book. Um, he just played hard. He played really, really hard, and it seemed like he really gave a shit about. His team winning. He did all the dirty things that a lot of players in the NBA aren't willing to do. I call them the Caruso things. You know, all the little things that don't show up in the stu- in the in the box score, but they're vital for a team winning. PJ Tucker's that guy. Austin Rivers. He said that he was unhappy with his role. Daniel House was unhappy with his role, and that's all because of the the environment that Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni put in the Houston Rockets, where basically James Harden can get away with whatever the hell he wanted. And nobody would say anything to him because he's not open for criticism. He just doesn't listen to it. You know, he shows up out of shape into these games and he just, he doesn't care. Um, Speaking of Daryl Morey, besides going to the Brooklyn Knicks, I think the more likely destination for James Harden would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Daryl Morey was hired as president of basketball operations uh, for the 76ers a couple weeks ago. Elton Brand still being the GM there. But I can see a scenario in which James Harden is traded to the 76ers in exchange for Ben Simmons and maybe Shake Milton. So that would give them a team of Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and James Harden. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. It's not going to work. <laughs> any team, I'm convinced any team that James Harden goes to is just going to fail. They might win in the regular season, but they're going to implode. He doesn't seem to get along with anybody, and I'm not sure why he gets a free pass all the time when you know guys like LeBron James or you know any other big-name star like Jimmy Butler, they don't get that pass. I mean, Jimmy Butler, a good example, he... Everyone said he was a cancer. He was a headache. Look, he takes a Miami Heat team to the finals. So who was the problem there? It wasn't Jimmy. It wasn't Jimmy in Chicago. It wasn't Jimmy in Minnesota. It wasn't Jimmy in Philly. He took a much less talented team in the Miami Heat to the finals than what he had the previous year when he was with the 76ers, which had him, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, stack team, J.J. Redick, stack team. So that's my Rockets news for now. I'm just really excited to see the Rockets implode. I can't stand the Houston Rockets. Uh, so I'm just really looking forward to all that, you know, just, I just, uh, just looking forward to it. Um, got more, uh, more rumors here for you guys. I read that there is a company in Australia that started selling a particular Jersey of an NBA free agent or, you know, soon to be free agent on a new team. Let me, let me explain a little bit better. A company in Australia is selling a Paul Millsap Jersey but it's not with him on the Denver Nuggets where he played last season. It's him on the Dallas Mavericks. Somebody let the cat out of the bag or somebody let the the information go way too early that he's signing with the Mavericks and this company in Australia already started printing and manufacturing Paul Millsap Dallas Mavericks jerseys. I hope that's right because I think that would be really funny and honestly, I think it's a good fit overall. Paul Millsap's a a great veteran, you know, well-respected. He's a good power forward, stretch four. Um, he'd play really well with Doncic. He's a good defender, good rebounder. I think that's a really good fit. But I just think that it's funny that you know a team jumped the gun and or a team a company jumped the gun and tried to get that uh, that jersey out there real quick. So I just thought that was funny. So I hope that's true. I wanted to include it. Next bit of information I got is 
the update, uh, the updates on Chris Paul. So Kendrick Perkins came out last week and he said that there's an 80% chance that Chris Paul somehow manages to get traded from Oklahoma City to the Lakers. And I just don't see that happening. There's no way it can happen based off of the uh, the money alone. Um, Chris Paul is owed a grip of money. I mean, he's owed, I think, three years, like $120 million, something like that. He, he got one of those really big contracts when they were a real big thing when he was on the Clippers. And somehow that contract's been able to trade a couple of times, but... I know that Rob Polinka isn't dumb enough to trade for that type of albatross concert, uh, uh, albatross contract anytime soon, especially if you're trying to build a future with AD and potentially another young superstar, Devin Booker. But uh, <laughs> I'd love to see Devin Booker on the Lakers. Uh, that's that's uh, I'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. So I have heard that there's a potential that speaking of Devin Booker, that uh, Chris Paul might be traded to the Phoenix Suns, you know, and, and pilot that that team that with him and with uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, a team that went eight and zero in the bubble, and surprised a lot of people in the bubble, and were you know half game away from playing in that playing game to make it as the eighth seed, and you know eventually probably get swept by the Lakers in the uh, the NBA playoffs. I think that'd be interesting. I actually see that as the most logical destination for Chris Paul because I do see him getting traded from Oklahoma City. They're, they have a new coach this year. It's a, the assistant coach to Billy Donovan last year. They have a lot of you know draft picks coming up, so they're they don't they're not necessarily in win now mode. And Chris Paul wants to win now, so I can see that happening. The unlikely destination that I think will happen that I've heard a lot is Chris Paul back to the Clippers. I just don't see how it's going to work. Um, from what I see, Kawhi Leonard needs to have the ball in his hands at all times, and I know Chris Paul needs the ball in his hand in order to be effective. I don't see Kawhi Leonard wanting to play off ball anymore. I just don't. Um, and there's no way. I just don't think they have the pieces in order to make that happen. I don't think the Clippers have enough picks, and they don't have enough, you know, everything else for that for for that to get done. Plus, I mean, the Thunder kind of already own all of the Clippers' first round picks for the next what 25 years. You know, something. Like, obviously, I'm being crazy on that one, but it it is quite a lot. The next one is uh, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Gallinari most likely he's going to sign by the Heat. He tried to trade for him at the trade deadline this year. They failed. There are a couple teams that try to trade for him, actually. I'll talk about one later. Um, I could see that being a good fit. He's a stretch four. He's in good shape, just like how the uh, how the Heat like. You know, if you don't know about the Heat, I talked about it on an earlier pod. They're really they're really strict about their their health and fitness, and you got to have a certain body fat percentage and stuff like that. So that might be an issue for him. He's he's not not a th- super thin guy. He's on the uh, the little huskier side, but he is a he's exactly what they would want. He'd be a good fit there. The last interesting one in terms of rumors I want to talk about is Victor Oladipo. Oladipo was, there was a report yesterday that said Oladipo was going to teams and saying, hey, can I play with you guys? Apparently he did it to the Raptors. He did it to the uh, the Nets. He did it to, I believe, the uh, the Knicks. But then Oladipo came out today and said those are false reports. And he told the uh, in Indianapolis Pacers front, man, front office that he's committed to the team. I just don't, I don't buy it, man. I saw him a couple of times having a couple of, you know, suspect conversations with Jimmy Butler when they were in that first round matchup. It almost looked like he said, hey, come get me, you know, come get me, you know, I'm here. Uh, make Try to get your, your ownership to try and trade for me. Um, that's just bullshit, man. You don't want to see that. However, that being said, as a Lakers fan, I would love to have Victor Oladipo join the Lakers. Um, if you can get him in a package where you're not giving up a whole lot, seems like he's a disgruntled player, so you can probably get him on the cheap. You know, get him for Kuz and Danny Green. Take that in a heartbeat. He'd be the third option on the Lakers behind 
uh, LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis, and I think that'd be a good one. You know, speaking of that, we're gonna go ahead and get into more Lakers talk right now. As I said before, I, I love the Lakers, and I was excited about talking about all the rumors across the NBA. But it's important for me to get the word out there for the Lakers because that's the one that I really care about. And I know that's the one that you guys really care about too, whether you like the Lakers or whether you hate the Lakers or you love to hate the Lakers or you love the Lakers. Um, I'm going to give you that information for you right now. Um, so everything I'm getting right now based off of you know the Lakers free agency news is actually going to be on Hoops Rumors, which is one of my favorite websites. It has all your info on there. It gets all your woge bombs go on there pretty quick. You know, all reports from Sham Sarani and all these other guys around there. So there are a couple of categories that they have on there for you. So the first one is, you know, the players that have player options. First player option is Anthony Davis, and he's a $28 million player option for next season. He's expected to opt out, and my guess is he'll resign for – it's potential he resigns for two years or three years. And that kind of gives him more flexibility whenever the cap goes up to make more money, and he deserves it. I mean, he's top five player in the league. Um, and he's the future of the team. He's only 27 years old. He's an amazing player, player that like we've never seen before. So he's definitely he's going to be around for a while, and you know, so I expect that to him to resign fairly quickly whenever the free agency moratorium period begins. Next one is KCP. So KCP has an 8.5 million dollar player option, and my guess is he's going to opt out. He's going to opt out of it. He was our, the third best player for us in the NBA Finals, and he completely, you know, if we didn't have KCP in the Finals, I don't know if we would have been as successful. There were a couple of games in which he completely took over and was a spark plug for us, both offensively and defensively, and it allowed us to come back and to to win. I expect him to opt out. I expect him to get a two- to three-year deal for $12 million a year because I think he definitely deserves it. Um I was a guy who really gave shit to KCP quite a bit. I thought that when we first got him the first couple of years, he rushed a lot of his shots, made a lot of poor decisions. I mean, he still does that from time to time, but it's not as often as he was. But after he helped deliver a title you know, for, for Lakerland, I will never talk shit about KCP ever again. I just won't. Um, he's He was great for us in the playoffs. He's extremely you know versatile in what he's able to do he's a great defender he's a fantastic three-point shooter he's really athletic which i don't think a lot of people realize he's like extremely quick has really good bounce he's very he's he's a great member of the team and i think it's it's important to sign him back and important to solidify that position for him the next person that has an option is interesting it's avery bradley so as we know avery bradley opted out of playing in the bubble when the nba restarted and when the nba went to orlando um, Avery Bradley this week, he actually announced that he switched sports agencies and there's a potential that he opts out of his $5 million player option. If you opt out of your player option, Avery Bradley, go ahead and look elsewhere. And I'm pretty sure Rob Palinka and Lakers Bra- uh, Brass will tell you the same thing. You don't deserve it. Um, the Lakers are giving you a ring, just have the kindness of their hearts because you didn't want to play. I don't know all the, the ins and outs of why you didn't want to play. So I don't want to berate him too much, but you literally didn't win a championship. We're giving you a ring out of the kindness of you know the, the Lakers' hearts, and you're going to go ahead and, and opt out of a $5 million contract because you're trying to get more money somewhere else? I mean, he probably will, but we signed you on a flyer last year. I mean, no one was really after you. We, we brought you in. We made you our starting two guard. We had you guard all these, you know, these guys on defense, and you're going to leave? You're going to opt out? Whatever, dude. I, you know, I, hope you, you hope you, I hope you opt in. But if you opt out, you're going to get booed forever whenever you come to Staples Center. The Laker fans don't forget. You know, we just don't. 
Uh, next one player option is JaVale McGee. He has a $4.2 million player option. I hope he opts out. I hope he thinks he can get more money somewhere else. I just don't want him on the team anymore. Um, he's fine for what he is. He's a decent shot blocker. He All he can do is dunk. He's just tough to watch sometimes. He makes a lot of really, really stupid-ass decisions on the court. And as a fan, it's really tough to watch sometimes. I, I have a hard time just watching him play. He refuses to dunk with two hands. He only goes with one hand, and it's like, do you not do you not get how to dunk with two hands and be more powerful when you're dunking? It just he just he's a seven foot one guy that just looks like he's completely lost out there half the time. So I just I would I look forward to getting him off the team. But if he stays, he stays, and that's fine. But I I want him to get off the team because there's a couple guys I want to get on the Lakers, which I'll talk about a little bit later. The next player option is Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo has a $2.6 million player option. He's going to opt out, and it's reported that he'll, you know, he will decline his option and opt out. Um, I think we sign him back. I think we get him back for two years, maybe six to seven million a year, and I think he deserves it. Um, he helped us get this championship. He was amazing on defense. He was able to lock up. He is the one guy in the Lakers besides Anthony Davis that knows how to challenge LeBron James and get him to play defense and get him to buy in. So I think that's important, especially with the season coming up where LeBron already said that he doesn't plan on you know playing at all in December, maybe even into January. Um, so when he comes back, we need players like Rajon Rondo to get under his skin and be like, hey, it's time to fucking go. You know, We got to get going. We have 72 games this season. We need to get going. We need you. We need our leader. So I think he's important to sign back. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about the outright free agents that the Lakers currently have. It's Dwight Howard, Markeith Morris, Jared Dudley, Deion Waiters, and J.R. Smith. Right there, you can cross J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters off. They're not going to be re-signed. There's just no way. They're gone. Um, You guys are welcome for your free ring and all your henny and all that. Um, You're gone. So, adios. Jared Dudley, I would like to sign him back. I think that he was uh, a good member of the team to have. He's one of those veteran presences that it kind of, it seems to make the rest of the roster gel really well. He seems like a really goofy, well-spoken guy. And he seemed like he was able to get along with literally everyone on the team. On Lakers social media, he was the one guy where you saw him in pictures with every single member of the team in different social situations. Uh, I think he he brings a really good presence to the team, and it's okay that he doesn't play. Every team needs a guy that is there solely for the culture of the team. You know, somebody that the coach can rely on, like, hey, you know, I need this to happen. I need you to talk to so and so, and he goes and does it. It's kind of like in the movie Moneyball, where Billy Bean was leaning on Davis Justice to basically be a mentor and lead. That's what that's what Jared Dudley is, and I think it's really good. The next guy is uh, Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris played very well for us in the playoffs. He was a, a mid-season sign, and I think that he played great, and I'd love to have him back. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I think that he'd be a good player to, to bring back. I don't think they're going to bring him back, though. My guess is he's going to get paid a lot more money somewhere else. Someone will take a flyer on him, and he won his ring, so I think he's content taking more money. Um, I would like to bring him back for the right cost, but if we don't, I understand because there's a couple guys in free agency that might be a little bit more interesting to bring back onto the roster. And last but not least is Dwight Howard. Um, Dwight Howard had a hell of a season for us. We weren't we weren't even sure how he was going to play. We weren't sure if he was going to you know go back to the old Dwight Howard where he was really you know a prima donna and not wanting to listen, not wanting to accept his role. He accepted his role. He played fantastic, and because of that, I think there's going to be a lot of people after him knowing and seeing what he can do for a team. You know, set screens, play hard, play defense, get rebounds, and not a not a horrible shooter, not a good free throw shooter, but he made he made a couple threes during the season with some pretty decent form. I'd like the Lakers to bring him back. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Um, I think if JaVale McGee opts out, 
they'll for sure bring him back for probably whatever JaVale McGee was making. Um, sorry, there's kind of doing its own thing. But uh, I'd love to bring Dwight Howard back. As far as trades that the Lakers are going to be able to make, I'm really wanting them to trade Danny Green. I just don't want him anymore. I mean, we brought this guy in for two years, $30 million to hit threes, and this idiot couldn't hit threes in the playoffs to save his life. I feel bad talking that way because he's a Tar Heel, but, man, he was just trash. He was so bad in the playoffs. And in order to trade him, if that means that we have to trade a guy like Kyle Kuzma, I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm okay with trading Kyle Kuzma. Um, I think we, we need to think long-term. I don't think, I think Kyle Kuzma's kind of top batter at his skill level. He got better on defense, and I'm a fan of his. I just think that there are better people out there that we can trade for, like potentially we could trade for DeMar DeRozan. I think that'd be an interesting trade. I think he needs to shoot more threes, DeMar DeRozan does, but he'd be a great third option, a guy that can score 25 points off the bench whenever he wants. I think that's really interesting. Um, and it'd be a good trade of the Spurs because it kind of works out for everybody. Danny Green obviously was you know one of Popovich's guys, and then Popovich actually is a big fan of Kyle Kuzma's. When Kyle Kuzma was in Team USA in the in the uh, the summer tryouts, I believe it was last year or the year before, Greg Popovich said that he loved Kyle Kuzma's game, loved how hard he worked, and really you know thought that he was going to be a good player. Um, so I could see that working out for all sides. Uh, another player that the Lakers might want to trade for, I think I mentioned earlier, Oladipo. Um, I'd love for them to get Oladipo. I think Oladipo is really good. I think he had a down year, and he's a disgruntled player, so you can probably get him for the cheap. You know, he's a former all-star, fantastic player, great defender, um, also a great singer. I, I don't know if you guys know that or not, but he is. I think that'd be good. Um, an outside shot we have of getting Drew Holiday. I'd love to bring Drew Holiday in. He's one of my favorite players. He's one. He's probably the most underrated player in the NBA. He should be first-team all-defense every single year. He's just one of those guys that I feel like everybody in the NBA has respect for and everybody really likes. I've never seen him get into any type of altercation with anybody. He just seems like a really good dude overall, and I'd love to have Drew Holiday on the Lakers. Uh, another interesting signing would be Jeremy Grant from the Denver Nuggets. Um, for those of you that remember, Jeremy Grant was amazing in the playoffs, and he completely killed it against the Lakers. Killed it so much that if you watch during... Uh, you know, when at the very beginning, of, at the very end of Game Five, when LeBron went over to go talk to Jeremy Grant after the Lakers had already beaten the Nuggets, he kind of did one of those like you know, covering his mouth with his shirt type deals, where he typically that's when he gives when he talks to people like, "Hey, you should probably come next season." Um, I think getting Jeremy Grant would be a huge add. He's a fantastic defender, really long, really lanky, turns into a really good three point shooter. And during that that you know run against the Lakers, he showed that he can score. He can really score the ball. He's great in transition great in transition defense, and he, more importantly, he'd be able to guard the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, the other team, so that way LeBron wouldn't have to do that all the time, or Anthony Davis wouldn't have to do that, and that's, I think that's really invaluable. Another good add would be Serge Ibaka. I think we can get Serge Ibaka on the mid-level exception for the veterans' mid-level exception, which would be about eight and a half to nine million dollars. Um, if we, if JaVale McGee opts out and we re-signed White, I think we could get Serge Ibaka for that exception. I think Serge Ibaka is at a point in his career where he wants to win a couple more titles. I think Serge Ibaka is an amazing player. There's so much that that he does. He's a he's become a really dependable mid-range and three-point shooter. Obviously, he's known for his defense and his blocks. But I think what he does most is he can come off the bench and be your sixth man, but he's also one of those guys that just wants to fight. And you need a guy like that on a championship team. You know, we had Markeith Morris, but if Markeith Morris leaves, we, we're going to have to supplement that role with somebody else, somebody like Serge Ibaka. Um, pretty sure, pretty sure, pretty sure that Serge Ibaka fought lions growing up, you know, from the Congo. 
I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I can't confirm that. I don't have any sources that can that can tell me that he fought Lions, but I could definitely see that happening. Maybe wrestle a couple of uh, crocodiles, you know, like Steve Irwin status. I could see him doing that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, nah, it's Serge Ibaka be a great addition for the for the Lakers. I'd love to see that. Another interesting one, Gallinari could be a good stretch for for us. Um, I have a feeling he's still going to the Heat, but I'd still like to see Gallinari in a Lakers jersey for the right price. I just think that he'd be kind of ideal for what we're trying to go for here. Um, and then the last one is uh, that, I, that I could see possibly happening is Derrick Rose. I think right now you can get Derrick Rose on the cheap. Um, do I want Derrick Rose on the team? Yes and no. No, because I don't know how much left he has in the tank. I don't know what he can do for us, to be honest. Um, I don't know what that would do. I mean, Derrick Rose and LeBron already played with each other on the Cavs when the Cavs had a bunch of random guys all on the team at the same time, like Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade and Kevin Love, you know, it was a weird roster of guys and uh, it didn't look like it worked. But I would like to see it because Derrick Rose is one of my favorite players of all time and I just think it'd be, it's it's kind of like Drew Holiday. Derrick Rose is just one of those guys that you root for and you wish the best for, especially after all that happened with his knee injuries and everything. He's just a, a, a player that's really hard not to like. You know, when, when Derrick Rose scored 50 points, I think every single fan and every single player in the NBA was like, man, that was that was pretty fucking cool. You know, Derrick Rose dropped 50 points, you know, post his, his prime, quote-unquote. But I'd be all right. Um, overall, though, guys, I'm just really excited about the next week. I have so much that I, I – I, there's so much that I know it's going to happen I'm going to have to talk about in future podcasts and future episodes. That I'm just I'm just gonna write it all down, get all my thoughts in order, and give you guys a podcast about you know what the Lakers wind up doing. If there are any major trades or major you know free agency signings, I'll try to get on them that night or that day. Do it as quickly as I possibly can because I live for for NBA free agency and the NBA draft. Um, see updates from me on Instagram all the time uh, coming up in the next couple weeks as I give you some of the news that might break. Uh, I'll try to break it as Woj breaks it so that way you guys are up to date. Definitely be posting a lot more memes on the Instagram. That's at cam.cast, K-A-M.K-S-T. Um, as always, please like and comment and share and subscribe to the podcast. Like, share, comment on Instagram. Uh, no, not on Instagram, on YouTube. If you can comment on YouTube, share on YouTube, do that. I'm, I'm trying to make my videos a little bit more interesting for you guys. Um, so you know, drop me a follow. That'd be really cool if you guys could follow me on Instagram. I really appreciate it. Obviously, still there on Apple Podcasts. They're on Spotify. Those aren't going to change. Those will always be there, but I'm really trying to, you know, venture into the the world of uh, of YouTube. I just think it's a little bit more interesting, and it gets my ugly face out on the screen every once in a while for all you guys to look at. So, um, but that's that's all I got for uh, for episode 27 today, guys. As always, peace and love. Thanks.